And I thought, you know, when can we relax, making judgments on place? And, um, <clears throat> well, and it definitely bit us pretty hard, and it certainly created uh, uh, um, some obstacles we had to fight through. And, um, well, it'd be a lot better if we'd meant to do that in the first place. I wish I could tell you we did. Ah, just a treasure there from uh, from Mike Leach. And I had to go back and dub- double check. Yeah, they actually did, in fact, win their football game on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I had, to, I had to go to overtime against an Auburn team yeah. with an interim head coach, but Mississippi State did win. Yeah, they did win. And uh, Leach has them at, what are they, 6-3 and three now? Mm. They lost to uh, LSU, good football team. Kentucky and Alabama, all good football teams. Um, they've got Georgia this week at home. And um, then they've got, uh, I don't know, who's that, East Tennessee. And then they end at Ole Miss, who's number 11 in the country. What are we looking at for, uh, is Mississippi State going to get two more wins? Are they going to be an eight-win team? Who, who cares? Um, they're at six wins yeah. right now. And unfortunately, there's a list of teams that include Mississippi State, Kansas and probably someone else that I'm not thinking of right now. They got to six wins before OU has this year. <laughs> and that yeah. um, that hurts, dude. Mississippi State, Kansas are at six wins before you. I'm trying to think of uh, probably a couple of other teams in the conference that you wouldn't have thought, but you're still fighting for that sixth win, and we're about to be in mid-November. It's rough, dude. Yeah. And you know well, what? It, it, it was always going to be a absolute must-win. Regardless of what happened on Saturday against Baylor, like, you could not afford to lose to Oklahoma State this year. You can't pile on everything that's happened this year and put an OSU loss at home on top of all of this and lose to Texas and Oklahoma State for the first time since 1998 in the same year. Um, that is even a even more so now after what Oklahoma State looked like on Saturday and they may not have their quarterback. You, dude, you cannot lose to OSU. You cannot lose Bedlam this year. I am, I am ready to say, Tyler, with one hundred percent certainty, we're we're going to be a bowl team this year. <laughs> we will win one of our remaining three games. With a hundred percent certainty, you're there. They yeah. will not end the year on a four-game losing streak. No, okay. I don't think so. Right. Well, now I'm, I'm backing I, off. I of can't that. get to 100 percent certainty, but I also do feel that this team will figure out a way to get a a win in the final three games and at least get to six wins. If if you're go if you're ready to tell me that Spencer Sanders is not playing anymore for state, then I'll definitely say that's the case. They look bad. Here's man. the thing, man. Woo. I we talked about it last week. Baylor was the most difficult game we had remaining. Yep. Right. No doubt about that. We should not lose any of these remaining games. I'm not saying that we won't. Saying we should not. Uh, it, no, I totally. Yeah, I, two of them are on the road. Don't care, man. Uh, if we're going to have any, if we're going to point to any sort of growth at the end of the year, which it's getting harder and harder to do that now, you can't lose to West Virginia, this Oklahoma State team, or Texas Tech. I totally agree with right. that. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep. Uh, There's just one problem. I'm not sitting here super confident that they're going to figure out a way to go 3-0. and Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm confident. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I am. I'm confident. I think that I think we've got I think we got the best players the rest of the way out. I you know the you mentioned all the teams out there that have uh have got to six wins before we did. Well, two of them on our re- remaining three games have yet to get there. So that helps. And Oklahoma State is just there at six, but you know, they've lost several games in a row now and are not trending in a positive direction. Um, it's, you know, one of the more shocking things is that when it comes to poor defense, there's very few teams out there in the country that are playing worse defense than us, and one of them happens to be just a handful of miles of what, away in, uh, in Oklahoma State. So, What an um, awful weekend for the states, college football-wise. Probably the worst weekend we've had around here in quite some time. Brutal. And Oklahoma State is so lucky that OU couldn't find a way to win on Saturday because that's the main story around here, or the main story would be getting beat by three touchdowns against KU. Yeah. Which, this is a different KU team than in years past, but still, getting beat by three scores by Kansas, that's uh, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. I mean, they've, they've got some excuses built in there, which, you know, we learned ourselves whenever we didn't have our quarterback out there. But um, fact of the matter is, no one cares. So uh, They did not look like a very disciplined football team whatsoever. In fact, I'm trying to think of, you know, like the two biggest penalties. They probably, the one uh, right before half, which, by the way, that was two penalties in one. They took the 15-yard hands-to-the-face penalty. But I believe there was also a holding on that call, right? So that and then, of course, the Isaiah Coe play where he yanks the guy's helmet off after the play's over, well after. And that's that's very frustrating, too, is, okay, if you're not going to play great defense or you're not going to play complimentary football, okay, at least be a disciplined team. And they weren't even that on Saturday. They made the two most critical mistakes of either team. Yep. Yep. We get – Agwebu makes a really nice play on a sweep, tackle for loss. It's going to be third and 13, and got a really good chance to force a field goal or maybe even a turnover on downs. Maybe they go for it on fourth down. But instead, automatic first down and essentially walk-in, not essentially, literally a walk-in touchdown. So that cost you points, but. I don't know. I mean, we can pick through it left and right. There's tons of mistakes out there. I just, uh, I just hope we get better in the last, you know, three, four games of the year. It's time to start and improving at some spots, especially defensively. Yeah, it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm curious to see what the um, what the plan is for. The defense moving forward, uh, if they're struggling so much, getting lined up, uh, do they do they change anything, or they just continue to to work with what they've got, try as best they can to hammer home how to get lined up and how to play and what responsibilities are. Just uh, 
Interested to see how that goes. Well, Canick played a lot more on Saturday. I don't know if that's going to be their future plans or, or not. I'm, I'm guessing, but everyone was clamoring for Canick to be out there. He was out there, and he was just kind of like the rest of the defense, just okay. I mean, he had a, what a he had an offsides call when he was in there. I, I just didn't see anything exceptional from him. Yeah, yeah. I think Aguebo hurt his shoulder and missed some time and. And uh, Kanick was out there for him during that stretch, and uh, got him a little bit, little bit more time out there. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm just. People can clamor all they want for new guys to get a chance out there. I don't, I don't care any, any about that. That's if people want to do that, they can. That's fine. I'm not going to do it. I just want anyone, no matter who it is to know what you're doing whenever you uh, you take the field. Text line, how does your opinion change about the Sooners if Baylor makes the Big 12 championship game? My opinion won't change regardless of who plays in the Big 12 championship game this year. That includes Baylor. Baylor could win out, and Baylor's got Kansas State this week. They've still got to play Texas. Like Baylor's got a tough road left, and even if they win the remaining of their game, it does not change the fact that I think OU's got a long way to go defensively. They didn't look like a very disciplined team on Saturday. The offense left a lot of points and yards on the field. Doesn't change whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it affects anything moving forward. I don't know what to think. I thought that we had, you know, turned not, not necessarily turned a corner, but started to trend – in a in a positive direction with some things and it's going to be nice to get back home um you know coming off that iowa state win baylor who's good not great solid team but you know left the door open plenty for us to win the game it's just I don't know. I don't know what to feel after that. Frustrated that we yeah. weren't able to get that and, done. And I think that's why you can be critical of the offense today is we knew what this defense was coming into this game. And, yeah, you and I were talking about, you know, slight improvement all week long, but still we recognize what this defense was. Why I think you can be very critical of the offense is that, sure, they scored 35 points. Should that be enough to win? Yes, and I understand that point. But the offense did a really, really poor job of putting their defense in good situations. And even with all of yeah. that, man, even with all of that considered, I even still felt at halftime like, okay, the, the defense is okay. I'm not saying that they're playing great, but they're not as bad as maybe the total number of points that Baylor has. But, of course, in the second half, they just completely broke. Like, the offense, yeah, was, the offense did a – We had three turnovers in the first half, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's where you're critical about the offense is they just – they didn't help out their defense whatsoever. Right, And what did you expect yep. to happen with the defense that struggled against the run this year? They were put in even worse situations than you know what they should have been. I mean, of course that was going to happen. Yeah. Well, hmm. I guess we made it out fairly healthy, maybe. Is that something positive to look uh, at from the game? It's something. <laughs> if you want to point to something else positive, I don't really know where to start on it, which we're going yeah. to do our under-the-radar player uh, coming up next segment. So good luck on that one, finding who, who that, the yeah. under-the-radar player was on Saturday. It was stealthy for sure. Everyone was under the radar. You're going to have to really comb through some stuff to find that out. I mean, even, you know, 
I feel like special teams has been more consistent than maybe the offense or defense has this year. Like good, bad, like whatever's happened this year, it feels like you can always count on the special teams to play really well. And was that their worst game of the year? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. It was. I think the. Um, I'm trying to remember. The the here I'll pull it up right here. I think the opening kickoff, we had a very poor kickoff coverage, right? Didn't they get the ball? Let's see. They started on well, the – Well, OU got the ball first, and it was a touchback okay. on the opening kickoff. Right. We scored a touchdown. And then Baylor – we kick off to Baylor, and they return it all the way out to the 37-yard line. They yep. start on the 37. So, started bad field position. Their, their first drive started at the – what, they started at the 37, scored a touchdown, started at the plus 26, scored a touchdown. Then we started with a touchback and forced them to punt. Then they started at the plus 34 after a turnover and scored a touchdown. So made it way too easy on them. Yeah, they did. Uh, what's disappointing to me, says the text line, is we have 500 yards of total offense against a good Baylor team, yet we are negatives overshadow our positives when it would be nice to say, look what we did offensively. I mean, yeah, you had 499 yards on offense, but I just I don't think that that tells the entire story. I, th- I, I think it makes the loss even more disappointing that you almost, you basically had 500 yards of total offense and you lost the game at home. Like, yes, yeah. the offense did some nice things at times. There's no doubt. Uh, Mims, when he got opportunities, he was back to his old self. There's a there's a positive if you're looking for one. Mims got back to looking like a dude, but with all the good things that you did, there were so many things that you did to shoot yourself in the foot. Look no yep. further than the final offensive play of the first half. Yep. Yep. Frustrating. Frustrating. I'll tell you, Tyler, this, this is another thing that uh, is strange and just kind of the way the, the game unfolded. I there was no point during that entire football game that I thought we were going to lose it until that final drive by Baylor. Even after the converted fourth and one, you felt you felt okay about things because that yeah, was kind of well, that was the point to me drive, where it was yeah. like, uh, well, that drive is the kind of where I'm talking about. Yeah, that was yeah. that was about the point. But leading up to it, it's just like ah, we you know we we're, we're doing we're shooting ourselves in the foot here, right. We're, we'll get a stop, we'll come up with a play, and we'll be able to get the win, go get a touchdown here, drive down, score a touchdown, win the game. Ugly win, but you'll take it. Yeah. Well, when they got the Never ball. Never thought we were going to lose. When they got the ball back down three and they were driving, yeah. I thought, okay, all right, sure. here's where you go when you take the lead, and it's still going to be a close game late, but this offense is going to carry this team to a win. And then you get to a third and four at midfield. And here's where I think you can go back to being critical about the offense. Yes, they had 500 total yards on the day and 35 points. I understand that. But they get nothing on a third and four play. Now, you can second-guess the play call on that spot. But they get nothing on third and four when they try to run the ball. And they got to punt it away fourth and four. That was your opportunity. With all the bad up to that point, there was your opportunity to go down, score, and take the lead. And that third and four was the play of the drive. Got nothing and had to punt it away. And then what, I think that was the punt that rolled into the end zone, right? That's it. And they get it at the 25 instead of, you know, inside the 10, 
which makes yep. that drive a whole lot more difficult for Baylor. That's right. Frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Never put any pressure on Baylor's offense with field position at all. They, we made it as easy as we possibly could on them. All right. Got to hit a timeout. Keep the text coming, 651-3439. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today, I-44 exit 107. Right out here in front of the Front Row Sports Bar. They've got happy hour going every day from 3 to 6, plus a bunch of great promotion always going on throughout the casino here at Newcastle. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. My name is Dee, and I dream big. I need a good job to get... It is a Reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our Under the Radar feature, sponsored by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures, they are investing in OU Innovation. They're a venture capital firm that funds and guides promising Sooner startups. For more information, go to boydstreetventures.com. Looking at the box score of that break to find my Under the Radar player from Saturday, and the one guy that I found that I think could qualify for this is actually the guy that you picked on Friday to be your under-the-radar player. So I guess some uh, credit is due there. Drake Stoops, three catches for 13 yards, had a touchdown in the north end zone, and he had one carry for eight yards. Does he qualify as an under-the-radar player from Saturday? Yeah, I think so. Really nice play on that touchdown. little sidestep there, Olay move. He was pretty good. You know, you lost, and it was like as deflating as a loss as, as you could imagine. But, you know, Eric Gray still had two touchdowns. Yeah, he did. Went over 100 yards for, I think, the fifth time this season. Made some outstanding individual plays. Also caught, caught eight balls for uh, 58 yards for a total of 31 touches, and what a 160 some uh, all purpose yards. Eric Gray had a pretty pretty rock solid day himself. Yeah, we got a uh, call in the post game show that says, you know, nobody on this team has gotten any better as the year has gone on and that's it's not the case for Eric Gray. Eric Gray yeah. has gotten significantly better, probably more than anyone else on the team from game 1 to Saturday. He's been about as consistent of a player as you you've had this year. Or at least, right. you know, since Conference play started. It's been really good. Yeah. Huh. Anyone defensively? No. <laughs> no. Because, hey, I mean, there was even a really good play, but it was wiped out because of a penalty, because the helmet getting ripped off. I'm not yeah. saying that David Wabu played well, but he at least had, you know, that play. That would have been a big play, potentially. Holding the three instead of getting a touchdown, but... No, I think Eric Gray and Drake Stoops are probably got to be your two guys. Mims did have the four for 120 and a, and a touchdown. was pretty good. Um, no. Thought Jalil Farouk did some really good stuff uh, on some of those carries. Man, he... It took him until about six inches to the sideline to be able to make a turn to get upfield, but somehow he did it and made like a, I don't know, eight or 12-yard run out of absolutely nothing. 
He's, he's, a, he's a good a player. No, yeah, he is. Uh, Under the Radar features sponsored by Boyd Street Ventures. They are supporting OU Innovation by funding startups within the OU ecosystem. For more information, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. That's BoydStreetVentures.com. What did you think of the crowd on Saturday? Oh, I thought it was good. I don't know. Hard to tell for me because i got the headset on and I can't hardly hear it. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't an insane crowd. I didn't really expect it to be. I told you last week that I thought it was going to be just kind of ho-hum, given the situation of the season, uh, just kind of where we're at, and that's exactly kind of what it was. I I can't necessarily blame the crowd. You know, we didn't give them a whole lot to to cheer for. I'm definitely not going to blame the crowd, but it felt like – you know, no, you had some big plays on offense. They even had a big play on defense with the with the Bowman interception. It's like they're just waiting all day long to just kind of erupt and really get into the thing. But you, you got to have some momentum for that to be the case. And OU had momentum at times, but could never hold it for a long period of time. Like Brent said in the post game, they just didn't have any. Um, they did not play complimentary football whatsoever. Yeah, I I had a tally going on my notes throughout the game. Of how many, um, boomer? Is that where you're no, 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 no. Oh. Of no. how many times we had like during a stoppage of play, <laughs> instead of playing music and cranking the crowd up, that we had a please point your attention to the whatever end zone, Tyler. It was. It took like. It took until maybe I think I think there was like seven of them in a row. Yeah, uh, it was at some point in the second quarter. So it wasn't even like the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was like some point early in the second quarter. My wife uh, was like, "When are they not? When are they going to realize we don't care about this blank?" Yeah, she was starting to get fed up with it. I think some other I know. people were too. I, I'm telling you, it's there's a there's a like you got to do some of that stuff. I get it. I'm just telling you right now, nobody else does it. <laughs> no one. No one. They crank music like a nightclub, and it's a dance party throughout those those breaks in play. Everywhere else is that's how they handle it. We don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that we pointed it out, because that Kansas game, man, it was bad. I mean, it was, there was just so much going on. Saturday wasn't as much as the Kansas game, but it was still it was still a lot. You definitely you definitely noticed it for sure, mm-hmm. and it didn't take that long um, to notice it. It was every stoppage yeah. of play, but one of the one of the timeouts was Roy Williams getting honored, which was awesome. Coming <laughs> yeah, out of that, the smoke, that, that was one cool. they 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 couldn't get him off the field down there. It turned into a social hour. That was pretty fun. Yes, he was over there in the uh, what was that? The southwest South corner. Zone, yeah, yeah it, it, like back to action, and it was like the ball was snapped, and he's still over there in the end zone. I thought Brent was going to have to do a Shane Beamer. From a few weeks ago, remember when he's yelling, oh, yeah. "Get the blank off the field!" <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, celebrating the fifty years of Title Nine. Yeah, he's screaming at him, "Get the blank <laughs> off the field!" Oh, uh, that was that is an absolute. The two loudest classic. ovations of the day. Well, there was three. Um, Roy Williams for sure. Jocelyn Allo. That place was crazy. Once uh, they showed her. And then when they announced the Oklahoma State score at the end of the game, that might have been the loudest ovation or the loudest cheer all day long. Yeah, is the scoreboard M- update. Misery loves company. 
right? So if we're going to be crappy, we want everyone else uh, around us to be crappy too. But I don't know. Yeah, that the Oklahoma State situation – that uh, that kind of blew up on him pretty quickly. Well, and, uh, and a little bit of karma, right, for uh, laughing and making fun of what happened in Dallas, only for basically the exact same situation to happen to you. Now they yeah. didn't have to run out a tight end out there to play quarterback, but they did throw out a freshman, and uh, they found out what life is like without uh, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, they enjoyed it too much. It's tough. It's tough. Um, Oklahoma State has had a. Uh, a pretty steady fall here going on. They've lost three out of their last four. Um, you know, they looked really good. They they played TCU, you know, to the very end in that overtime game down in Fort Worth whenever they were both right there, fringe top ten teams. And they got the win against Texas at home, but it's, uh, it's turned sour pretty quickly there for Oklahoma State. And, you know, they've got – they got Iowa State, which they're a dog, home dog to Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State is a they're a four and five football team. They finally got their first conference win, but that's that's not one of the teams that you want to be playing right now if you're Iowa or if you're Oklahoma State. Rather, that defense for sure. Text yeah. line says Teddy, OMG, let me tell you, I am getting sick and tired of this stuff. Please give your attention to the South End Zone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's an oddity. It's taken me for for whatever reason. Uh, I always knew that we did it a lot. I just kind of thought maybe I just didn't notice it everywhere else. But it's really taken me this year to start looking at some environments and atmospheres and what's going on, and that is something that is totally unique to Oklahoma. Text line, seeing our atmosphere versus the atmosphere in Baton Rouge is depressing. I know that was a top ten matchup at night, but wow, we have a long way to go before Owen Field is even a bit intimidating. Yeah, well, context of the matchup matters. That was like I, the best it, college it, football game of the year. <laughs> I hope they were yeah, loud. Yeah, if if we were, you know, if, if we were – you know, a, a top ten team, and we're hosting a top five team, and there's conference implications on it. We've already, you know, we. I have no doubt that we would answer the call uh, in a situation like that. I, I can't, I can't expect our fans to, to act to look like that right now, given the the current context. But I feel like in a game like that, we would. We would stall the action way more than needed to recognize, like, you know, the four Please welcome students. Devin Energy yeah. to the north end zone. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like our crowd is, you know, I think we're close to booing I the was just about to say, I think, the next time it happens. That guy did make it, though, on Saturday, and everyone cheered for it pretty loud. But yeah. the, the, if, if, if whoever does it, the next game misses it, there might be some booze. I don't know. Yeah. Um, not able to watch the game on Saturday, but I listened to it. Teddy's rabies take was classic. You had a take on rabies during the football game? That's, that's interesting. Oh. <laughs> wonder how that came up. Well, the running back for Baylor 
um, Williams, who ran up and down the field on us all day long, what did he end up with? His numbers were... Squirrel? Isn't that yeah. what they call him? They call him Squirrel. And did you hear the story as to how he got the name Squirrel? No, I did not research that. He, whenever he was a little kid, he had so much energy, he was bugging his grandparents, and I think his granddad told him to get, you know, go do something. When you go outside and catch a squirrel or something, chase a squirrel. And uh, a few minutes later, he came back inside with a squirrel, which is <laughs> nice. quite the feat. And I said, well, he's lucky his nickname's not Rabies for trying to catch a squirrel. You get bit by one out there, but um, I don't know. Well, good funny. on that person for listening to the radio broadcast instead of listening yeah. to the TV broadcast because, I mean, everyone normally complains like, oh, the broadcast of the game was awful, you know, and it's normally right. not as bad as they leave. Saturday's was pretty bad. I, I went back and watched the game today. And uh, it was like the TV broadcast. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Sorry to those of you out there that had to uh, suffer through that. What one. was so? What was the major problem with it? Um, just it didn't sound anything close to what a big time. It was an ESPN Plus broadcast. I realized that it wasn't it was a big time Leaf. broadcast. Yeah, it just overall, it just wasn't. It was not great. It was, uh, it was not great. A couple of notes on that. Ryan Leaf is gigantic. Have you ever seen him in person? Uh, no, but what is he? He's like 6'6", right? He's got to be. He's every bit of 6'6". He is massive. But, <laughs> so, we're down there. Our, our team is down there warming up, like going through like some pass routes and stuff. And he's standing in the, like, in the middle of the drill, like, out there on the field, like standing on like the 35-yard line, dead in the middle of the field on Oklahoma's end of the field where they're, <laughs> they're going through warm-ups. It was pretty funny. Um, I, was, I was laughing at it. The receivers are like trying to run around him and stuff. Pretty pretty cool. So an example of why the TV broadcast was bad, like Baylor's going in to score, and the yellow first down marker, you can see it in the end zone. And then there's one play. <laughs> where it's like a third down, and they have like the yellow, you know, first down line, and it's like crooked. It's like taking a weird angle across the field. Oh, did, did you see? Did you see that picture? It's like if you no. run to the right, it's twenty five yards down the field, but if you just run to the left, it's about six inches past the past the where the football is. Now this is funny um, when you mention something being crooked. I had a friend that was in town, and he sat in the south end zone, and. He was looking, and all the fans like in that area were, were like, he said it out loud, and everyone agreed, and was like, I thought I was the only one. The goalpost on the north end zone was totally crooked. Uh-oh. Totally tilted. Is that, is that tilted. why Zach Schmidt missed the 55-yarder? No, it was actually tilted that to oh, that direction. Dang. Had it been tilted a little more, maybe he made it, but... It was pretty funny. I was like, nah, it's the angle that you're sitting. And he's like, dude, no, it's not. So he kept showing me this picture. And finally I was like, yeah, I think you're uh, right. That would have been awesome if he makes that field goal because the uh, goal poster goal poster. slanted. It's great. That's, yeah. I don't know. There was, some, uh, there was some funny stuff going on out there. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned.
the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, I have to start off here. Joe Mixon, five touchdowns on uh, on Sunday. Really oh, yeah. nice night uh, or day for him. Uh, had a huge day. What, four touchdowns on the ground, 158 yards. Uh, also caught some balls and had a, had a touchdown receiving as well. Huge day for Mixon. In what was a weird game, Mayfield comes in and throws a couple of late touchdowns um, for P.J. Walker whenever he got you know pulled out of the game. But moving forward, Mayfield's still going to be a backup. P.J. Walker's still going to be the quarterback for Carolina moving forward. Um, I thought this one was, was uh, uh, I guess, not necessarily shocking considering how they had played, but still a... Uh, a, a, a wild result. Clemson got housed by Notre Dame, Man. 35-14. Woo, they tried both quarterbacks, too. Even Club Nick throws yep. a uh, pick in that game. You know, just kind of felt for a while now that Clemson is a good team, but they're not one of the four best teams in the country. Feels right. like they're eliminated from the playoff race after that loss to Notre Dame. Now, uh, here's another one college football-wise. Texas A&M suffers a, another loss, Tyler, to Florida. And Anthony Hill, number two linebacker in the 23 class, decommits from Texas A&M. That's a big loss for them. That dude is an absolute Yeah, and I think 24-7 may have him as the number one overall linebacker. Um, But, yeah, and and A&M needs help at linebacker. That's one of the many spots where they're not very good this year. So that's funny. That's good news that he's – has decommitted from A&M. The bad news, he's probably going to end up signing with Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, – is A&M 3-6 now? A&M's 3-6. They have to win out Woo. to make a bowl. Uh, they're at Auburn this week. They're like a two-point dog. They get to play UMass, and then they got to play LSU. They're not going to a bowl game. Can they beat uh, Auburn? Uh, I, they can. I don't think they will. I think Auburn beats them on Saturday. They're definitely not beating Louisiana State. I sure don't think so. I don't think so at all. And uh, I guess I don't know about UMass. UMass is the team I told you last week had thrown one touchdown uh, going into their game. I think they played on Friday night maybe. They did throw another touchdown pass, so I think they're up to 10 Hey-o. this year. Yeah. Hot. Uh, that's all I had. Um, I've got an interesting story out of Philly. So hmm. there is a guy that vowed to eat a rotisserie chicken – for 30 consecutive days. He ate his first rotisserie chicken after the Philadelphia Phillies won their first playoff game in over 10 years, right? Right. So he vowed to eat a rotisserie chicken for 30 consecutive days. And he did that, man. He did that. He ate one rotisserie chicken every single day for 30 consecutive days. But there was just one problem. The Phillies kept winning. The Eagles kept winning. The soccer team that they have there, they were rolling as well. So he couldn't just stop. So for 40 consecutive days, he ate one rotisserie chicken. And the 40th consecutive day, I believe, was this past weekend. I think it was Saturday night. They did a live show for it behind a Walmart or something crazy like that. Behind a Walmart? (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Phillies lost the World Series on Saturday night. I feel like their MLS team may have lost the championship that day, too. So I think the streak came to an end. But imagine eating a rotisserie chicken for 40 Mm. consecutive days like this guy did. There's worse things to be stuck eating for 40 straight days. I agree. Rotisserie chicken's pretty good. And 
depending on where you get it, it can be fantastic. Have you ever had that place up off of uh, Memorial? I think it's Cowboys Chicken. I that's we passed by it yesterday. I literally asked my oh, wife yesterday, man. like, "What's what's Cowboy Chicken? What is it's, that?" It's rotisserie she chicken. No it is awesome. It's it's way better. And I'm not saying that grocery store rotisserie chicken is bad. It's not, but Cowboy Chicken is is much better than rotisserie that. rotisserie chicken was once in our rotation. It used to be a once a week thing. I don't know why we got rid of it, but. It's kind of no more. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, how about Tanner Mordecai? Nine passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Former Sooner Tanner Mordecai had ten total touchdowns in SMU. 77-63 win over Houston. Wasn't that – did I see somewhere that that's the, the, the highest scoring game ever? 77-63. Uh, to Well, didn't Georgia Tech put up like 241 points one time oh. on Cumberland? Yeah, maybe, maybe like that's, the modern era or something. Yeah, something like that. Maybe it's in just in a long time. What was that one game? Was it Baylor West Virginia? Whenever seventy West to sixty three, that was twenty twelve. I think that was like West Virginia's first ever Big Twelve game. Yeah, that game was wild. Geno Smith ripping it all over the yard. All right, yeah, that's that's crazy. Ten total touchdowns. How about that? Yeah, nice job for him. TCU injured another quarterback on Saturday. <laughs> it just continues oh to happen. Gosh. Be, uh, be careful, Quinn Ewers. You're probably going to get knocked out of the game at some point. You play the Frogs this week in Austin. What's the, uh, what's the line in that game? Texas minus eight, seven, eight. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was at six last week, and now today it is. That's the 630 ABC game. Game day is going to be there, and Texas is a seven-point favorite currently. Yeah. Game day is going to be there? Yep. Second time I, is it, this year. Is it is it a slow week or? I mean, it it is a slow week. Yeah, I but, guess they're they're but top twenty five. Texas still. is a six and three team, and they're being treated like they're a top ten team at this point. Yeah. Maybe they will be with the new rankings. I, I don't know how much yeah. everyone loves. Well, them. hey, give them credit. They went up to Manhattan and won the football game. I thought they were – oh, man, I thought the collapse was on. As did I. And Adrian Martinez went out there and looked like Adrian Martinez and turned over the football late. Um, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was turning into another fourth-quarter collapse. Last one, I have a couple of different bowl projections for OU. OU-Iowa in that bowl game in Phoenix – and then I saw OU South Carolina in the Texas Bowl in Houston. Oh, cool. I'd be down with that. Oh, my gosh. Dude, have you seen the ESPN FPI against TCU? Uh, Texas is like 75%, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. What am I missing? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I, like, I think TCU is going to lose at some point this year. I, I agree. think they're going to go undefeated. Maybe it is this week. When yours did play a lot better, for especially for how much I've been trashing him recently. Yeah. Huh. But they kind of figured it out. He it's like, huh? Great. I mean, he's eighteen five to thirty-one. A, five's a really good running back. Maybe we should just hand it to him as much as possible. Yeah, he had thirty for for two oh nine against KSU. Uh, solid defense. Huh. I don't know. That's wild. Strange. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Stay with us. The 
Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush on a reaction Monday. Text line says, does Bijan Robinson go pro after this year? Uh, yes. And he'll be drafted <laughs> very highly. Yeah. Yeah, he's going pro. 100%. Tanner Mordecai has more touchdown passes or had more touchdown passes on Saturday than Spencer Rattler has all season long. Did not know that. Uh, yeah, Radler is not off to a great start. Or I guess it's not even off to one at this point, right? Yeah. It's, they um, did get their sixth win on uh, Saturday with the win over Vanderbilt. So, congrats to them. OU South Carolina in the Texas Bowl, that'd be something. I, I, I would want to go to that game just to meet Phil because I always picture, oh, what kind of question is that, Phil? Hopefully we can get one of those moments from Shane Beamer. There's a lot of fight in that room. Quitters oh, on that great. team. What kind of question is that, Phil? Um, <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to change the name. It's better whenever you, you change it every time, like Fred and then Greg and then Donnie. What kind of question is that, Donnie? Come on. Rotisserie chicken is amazing. You make it sound like he was eating wild street cats. This text says... <laughs> You can make so much stuff from rotisserie chicken. So true. Think about this. I Rotisserie chicken, is they're like five bucks at the grocery store. If that. I know. It's actually the greatest thing in history. And I think you, you can easily feed two people off of a, one rotisserie chicken. Oh, two? You could... You could Easily three. We feed the dog with the rotisserie chicken, the leftovers. So I guess technically three for us. Yeah. I. I don't want to hear anything about uh, like not being. Anyone can make it whenever it only costs five dollars to eat. And when you say feed, like for a day, not like, like. A rotisserie chicken is plenty of food for an entire day. And you don't need any sides with it? You don't need any no. sauce with it? A rotisserie nope. chicken is best when it's by itself. You don't even need a drink. You can just drink the juice at the bottom of the container, True. right? Yeah. If you <laughs> if you want to see someone or something act like they're on meth, it's our dog around a rotisserie chicken that's cooked, though. Well, I don't know if that's everyone, but oh, my it's God. It's me. It's, that's how I act as well. <laughs> it's disgusting. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hours next.